The Old Testament reading is from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and of every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you. My brothers, what I mean is that each, of, each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized you, none of you, except Crispus and Gaius, so that none, no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is fully to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. I invite you to rise as we hear the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard that John had been baptized or had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and he lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, 
and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed Jesus from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. O grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message as we observe Life Sunday is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20, where Moses says to the people of Israel, he says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, and listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. This is our text. In the name of Jesus Christ, who gives us life. As I begin this message this morning, I want to mention that I've adapted this sermon. The sermon that was written by Reverend Dr. Greg Seltz, the executive director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty based in Washington, D.C. Dr. Seltz was commissioned by Lutherans for Life to write a sermon for this Life Sunday. And as I share some of his thoughts, I'm going to share also some of my own that are based upon this text from Deuteronomy. There's a story that is told of a man who got lost in the desert. And after wandering around for a long time, his throat began to become very dry. And just about the time that he thought that he couldn't take yet another step, he saw a little shack off in the distance. Could there be water out here, in the middle of nowhere? What an incredible stroke of luck. And so he made his way over to the shack, and yes, there was water. But things weren't exactly as he had hoped. For inside the shack, he found a small jug of water right next to the water pump, along with a note. And the note said, Pour all the water into the top of the pump to prime it. And if you do this, you will get all the water that you need. What a dilemma. Choose the water on the note's terms and receive the abundance of which the note promises. Enough water, not only for the moment, but also for the journey ahead. Or choose the, to drink the jug of water alone. That would be enough merely for the moment and nothing else. Well, after thinking about it, the man decided to risk it. 
he poured the entire jug of water into the pump and he began to work the handle. And at first, nothing happened and he got a little bit nervous. Was the note a cruel joke played on him amid his misery? And so he pumped even harder. And then suddenly, as if to calm his fears, water started gushing forth. So much water came out of out of the pump that he drank all that he wanted. He even took a shower and he filled all the containers he could find. He had resisted the temptation toward momentary satisfaction. He had trusted the note and he received all the water that he needed and more. And now the note also said, after you have finished, please refill the jug for the next travel. The overjoyed man refilled the jug, and he added his own words to the note. Please trust me on this. Prime the pump. It works. Trust the note. Prime the pump. It works. In the world today, people are still hell-bent on doing things alone, on their own terms, neglecting and even despising God's direction to the contrary. But in the words of our sermon text, Moses exhorts, trust the Deuteronomy 30 note about life and death. Because you see, God's word works, and our lives depend on his word working in our lives. Moses lays out the note that truly matters, one which is not just water for a journey through the desert, but living water for life itself, then, now, and forever. This is such serious stuff that Moses calls on heaven and earth as his witnesses. And why? What's so important about what Moses is saying to the people of Israel and to to you and to me? It's of great importance. Because what Moses speaks of and what God speaks of in his word is that we are of an infinite value to God. It's of extreme importance because our life here in time and for all eternity depends on the life that God grants to us from the well of his word. We're talking about hearing hearing and receiving God's fundamental truth about life. Today, as we celebrate life, as we commemorate life Sunday, we're talking about the truth that God reveals to us in his word, that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ for you and for me and for all. Today is not just a Sunday about the sanctity of life. Today is the day that God calls you and me to receive life and to live life on His terms alone. Moses is called to choose life as a wonderful opportunity for you and me to repent of our sin, to prime the pump of God's Word and to receive God's blessings of grace anew and and in abundance. But it's also God's call to you and me for us to be people of life, sharing his message of life in a world that is mired in sin and death. Such was the case in Jesus' day. Jesus begins his earthly ministry exhorting people to repent 
to repent of their sin, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus' invitation is one of grace, of mercy, of life. But there's more to it. For Jesus also says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. His ministry and his followers' ministry involves not only priming and pumping God's love and forgiveness from the well of, of his word, but it's also a ministry of compassion as Jesus sends us out to minister to people who are stricken by their sin. Yes, there are deafening voices of death and destruction all around us. You hear it in words like, it's my life, it's my money, it's my talent, it's my body, it's my choice, it's my morality, it's my sexuality, it's my right. What many are doing or choosing to do is to drink from the cup of self. Oh, they may find that they're momentarily satisfied, but the consequences of their choice or choices are devastating. They're devastating to them and to society. I mean, haven't we seen the destruction that follows such a defiant path? Haven't we seen the heartache that comes from selfishness? Have we not seen the problems that come, the disease and the fractured relationships that come from infidelity? The emptiness and loneliness that emanates from a career at all costs mentality? Moses pleads with the people of his day and he pleads with us today to choose life on God's terms. Jesus implores, repent. Repent of your sin for the kingdom of God is at hand. The Bible reminds us in 1 Corinthians 6 of the loving sacrifice needed to make life possible again for sinners like you and me where Paul says, you are not your own for you were bought with a price. Christ being the blood of God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And so glorify God with your body. When it comes to the issue of life, the sanctity of life, it's important to know what is precious and valuable and enduring. And so ask yourself these questions. Is your life precious? In God's eyes? Yes. Are the lives of your loved ones precious in God's eyes too? Oh, most certainly. Does your life have a purpose? And do you know, or, or how do you know, that it has a purpose? And what if that purpose has nothing to do with your job? It has nothing to do with your status and your stature in the community? It has nothing to do with your fame or how much fortune you've accumulated. But it all depends, it all hinges on your faith relationship to God and your gracious love for those he places in your life. Is the life of a child in the womb precious in God's eyes? Yes. Is the life of those who are older, a little bit frail, past their prime years of societal utility, precious in God's eyes? Oh, most certainly. 
And what if the answers to these fundamental questions that I just asked are the ones that matter? Not only in time, but for all eternity. Choose life? Yes. Or better, receive the Lord who is your life? Absolutely. It is God who makes a way for us to receive and share his life. The New Testament says it even more clearly when Jesus, who is greater than Moses, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or when Jesus again says, I have come that they may have life and have life abundantly. And again, when Jesus says, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so choose yes, choose life. Yes. By the power of the Spirit of the Lord, pump from the well who is Jesus. Yes, pump from the well who is Jesus and be blessed with forgiveness and the water that wells up to everlasting life and all the other blessings that God gives to us through Christ. Oh, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And anyone who has ever dealt with guilt and shame because of their sin knows what it's like to be lifted up by the Lord and forgiven of their sin by Jesus Christ. They know how precious it is to hear Jesus speak words of absolution and forgiveness. And anyone who has ever lived a life of hedonism and self-centeredness, but then have been rescued by the Lord and placed on another path, a path of life, a life filled with God's mercy and, and love, they know how liberating and freeing and life-renewing it is to live in God's grace and God's grace alone. Moses exhorts us to choose life, which means living our life as a conduit of God's grace and blessing to others. And this is one of the main reasons why God gives us life. Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, some of you might be thinking, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. God could never forgive me, let alone use me. Well, if that's you, hear me clearly. Life Sunday, Life Sunday is Grace Sunday. It is God's Life Sunday. This is a Sunday where we hear the God of life say to us sinners as we are, your sins, all of them, are forgiven because my son gave his life for you. Sin doesn't disqualify us from his gift of life. Unrepentance does. Struggle doesn't prohibit us from receiving and sharing God's message of life, for even the faith to receive this life is God's gift to us through his word and sacraments. Friends, if God can forgive someone like Moses, then God can forgive us. If God can forgive the rebellious children of Israel, 
then God can forgive us. If God can forgive and call people like Peter and Andrew and James and John to be fishers of men, then he can certainly forgive us and call us to be fishers of men. I mean, just read the Old Testament and the New Testament stories, and you'll see whom God loves and forgives. And you'll see that he uses those same broken, fallen people to extend his love and forgiveness to others. As you read the Old Testament, New Testament stories, you'll see just how much those people are like you and me. Struggling. Overwhelmed by our sin. By the poor choices that we have made in our lives. And yet, living in God's grace and forgiveness day by day by day as he gives us his life. And we have his life abundantly. And so Life Sunday isn't just about pushing back against our culture's obsession with death, with our culture's obsession with abortion and hedonistic progressivism and self-centered obsessions. It's that for sure. And we need to push back against that destructive attitude that we have in our country and around the world. But it's more than that. It's about repentantly receiving the life-giving message from God by grace through faith and living a pro-life life as Christ's blessings to others. Our lives involves ministering to other people in the name of Christ our Savior. It involves us going out and ministering to people who are sick, people who are overwhelmed with disease, people who are oppressed by demons, people who find themselves in hopeless predicaments, people who are burdened and overwhelmed and even crushed by the destructive choices that they have made in their lives or overwhelmed and burdened by the destructive choices other people have made and are now influencing and impacting them. Now is the time for us to call our family and our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers and our government leaders and yes, even sometimes our fellow church members back to the sanctity and the sanity of life on God's terms. So if you find yourself questioning what matters, now is your time by the power of the Holy Spirit to choose life. If you find yourself amongst the brokenness of this life, now is your time to put God's gift of life to work in your own life so that you can be healed by God, blessed by God, and reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And if you find yourself confronted by a culture hell-bent on wasting and even despising God's gift of life for them, now is your time to be a blessing, to be an invitation to life on God's terms for them. Choose life? Yes, absolutely by grace through faith in Jesus alone. And be a blessing in him for others? Most certainly.
and you'll be glad that you did. And so will those whom you love and with whom you share his life. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.